we are going to be and look at verse 17 this morning. And I know I was telling Ricky the, the title and it's details number four, I think. And uh, I, we're going to kind of come off of that title starting next week where we're going to begin to look at the, the meeting and stuff in the air. But I just want to spend the morning here with us in verse 17. So 1 Thessalonians 4, we've been talking about the glory plan and the plan that God has for us and, and how really it's important for us to, to, to un know the details. You know, knowing something and understanding it completely all the way through is kind of two different categories. It, it, you just need to be familiar with it. Um, some of the things that we're going to look at this morning are how I see them. You may see them a little different, but guess what? They're still going to be the same event and so forth, and that's going to be okay. Verse 15, let's start reading there. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, we've been down through verse 15 and 16. The Thessalonians are having a struggle with, a, with an issue of what's going to happen to those that have died how, how do we, you know, is Christ even going to raise them up and everything? And Paul begins to answer that concern with the Thessalonians, but then also begin, he lays out for you and I the issue of eternity, glory, okay, and eternal glory for you and I. There, there's a wonderful verse over in, oh, I got to find it, Timothy here. Look at 2 Timothy 2, just hold, real quick here. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 10. And, and, and again, Paul is laying out the events, the details of the event that we call the rapture, or you can call it the day of redemption, or you can call it our gathering together, or, how, you, know, or you can just simply say us getting out of here, you know, however you want to say it for you. 2 Timothy uh, 2 verse 10 Therefore, 2 Timothy 2, verse 10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, notice, with eternal glory. And that's really what Paul has laid out in the, first, in the first book of Thessalonians. So when you come back to 1 Thessalonians 4, what he's laid out are the details, are the, uh, this is how things are going to happen. And, and literally every chapter in 1 Thessalonians has a bit of information. And, and when we get over in here in a couple of weeks, I'll show you how all that's going to begin to fit together. So he says, here we are, we're going along life's way. We come to a point. Now, whether we are alive or dead, there's going to be some things that are going to happen. Now, to, to die before the rapture is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord in the third heaven, okay? That's where the Lord's at. That's here. But when the rapture happens, the, the third heaven, the Lord, is going to come back. We notice that it's the Lord himself. Personal attention, he's going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to come back with a shout, that shout, and, and what we were talking, when I, when I went through this with you a couple weeks ago, 
Paul doesn't use these terms anywhere else except for here. So in order to understand what they mean, you've got to go look back at Israel and the prophetic program and where God uses that, and that's what we did. And then we talked about the trump of God, and we looked at that, okay? This is what's going to happen. There is going to be a shout. There is going to be a voice of the archangel. The shout, the dispensation of grace is over. The victory is here. Death has been dealt with. It's over. It's over. Now... The voice of Michael stands for Israel. That's who he is. He's the archangel. He stands and says, it's time to get on with Israel's program. He's, in the, he's where he needs to be for some events over here that are going to happen in the tribulation and in that war in heaven. He's already in the second heaven. That's where these events happen. It's in the second heaven. There's a shout. There's a voice. There's the trump of God. We go over to 1 Corinthians 15, the last trumpet. And I showed you there's two blasts there. There's a blast for the dead. There's a blast for the alive to go up. The dead in Christ, they're going to come first. The dead are first. They're going to come down. They're going to be resurrected just as the Lord was resurrected. That, stuff, that identity in Romans 6. Then we which are alive and remain... Okay, we're second up. Now notice verse 17. We, then we which are alive and remain, shall be caught, what? Up. Caught. We talked about it briefly at the end. Caught. Up. It, it, caught. To come up there and snatch. To take it by force. And we looked at those verses in Matthew and, 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 and in Acts and so forth. And the, the idea of the Lord himself, when he comes back, we which are alive and remain are caught up. And the idea there is there's some power and there's some authority. And if you think about the power and the authority of the Lord himself to come up there and to take man to take the church, the body of Christ, let's get specific, change them in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, and to move them from earth into the second heaven. That's where, again, that's where this is activity is happening, out there in the universe. It's not a casual thing. It's a, it's a thing done with intention. It's a thing done suddenly and swiftly. I took you back and showed you how Paul, back here, how his conversion happened suddenly, unexpectedly, with, uh, with noise, by the way. Those noisemakers we have, see? Come on, come down. Well, you're still in verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Again, up. The direction we're going, up. That's Ephesians 2 there. Uh, if you flip over there. To, or back to Ephesians 2. We're going up. We're not going down. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's why he's talking here about the, the, our direction. We're snatched up. We're taken up. We're headed up. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. We're talking about the heavenly places out here. That's what we're dealing with, that government. That throw, we'll, we're going to look at the governmental structure and everything in a couple of weeks, but we're going up. We're going this way. 
Israel is staying down here in, that tr in the trib. They're looking for the kingdom. We'll, we'll give a little thing about Israel while we're being placed into the heavenly places, what's going on with them. Give you a little correlation. Look at that. But the issue of going up. But then the verse says, verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. It's interesting. Together. Together. There's a reunion, if you will. And there's a resurrection reunion where the body of Christ, we're going to have a meeting. And there's going to be some clouds, and meeting in the clouds. We're going to look, get, see all that. We have a reunion. I like to call it the resurrection reunion because the body of Christ now for the first time in human history is together. So there, a lot of questions then begin to pop up. Will we recognize each other? Will we all look like Jesus? <laughs> will we do this? Will we, do, will, we, will we remember this and that? So let's look at some of that. Come back over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 real quick. You see, the, the big question is, is will we re recognize each other in heaven? We're going to have a new body. That's what we're getting. That's what we're raised with here is this new body. We have Christ in us already. Our inner man is good to go, except for the judgment seat of Christ. But then we have this new body. So will we, will we, will we look like what we look like now, you know? Or will we look something else or different? But really, the issue is, is, will we know each other? You know, my wife, she's my wife here on earth, but she's my sister in Christ. Okay? So that tells you something. It tells you that in the body of Christ in the heavenly places, there is no marriage, no reproduction of children. That's what marriage is. You're going to reproduce and have families and keep going. Okay? Go back and look at the first marriage with Adam and Eve. Adam knew Eve, and they started filling up the earth. That's one of the goals behind marriage is the issue of reproduction, populating the earth. But look here at 2.19. One of the passages in Thessalonians that gives you an insight into this event. Again, at the end of each chapter, Paul does this. Watch, watch Paul say, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? This coming, what does Paul say? My crown of rejoicing, my hope, my joy is going to be to see you guys, to see ye, the body, the whole, the corporate, the whole thing. Now, how many of us have seen Paul? How many of us have read books about Paul. <laughs> we all have, right? How many of we, we see here? We're reading the book about Paul. But how many of us know what he looks like? Well, we have an idea from an artist or two or a historian, but we don't really know what he looks like. But on this day, we'll know who he is. We'll be able to go up and say, hey, how you doing, Apostle Paul? <laughs> nice to meet you, you know? We'll be able to, to do that. Come back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just notice some verses about this issue about after resurrection. 
being in, a, in, in our new bodies and so forth, about being able to identify and recognize people. And not just say, I think I know who you are. You will know who they are. You will know people you've never met here on the earth. You will instantly know. I have friends, all, you know, you get people who follow us on YouTube and everything. I've never met them. If they don't have a picture or, or something by their name on YouTube, I don't even know what they look like, you know. And yet, in this situation, we'll know. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 Notice, if you will, verse 13 and 14. Paul says, For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end, as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours, in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the day of the Lord Jesus. Well, what did he just say in 1 Thessalonians 2? You guys are my crown of rejoicing. 2 Corinthians 1, 13, 14, he says, I hope you would say the same about us. That means I'm going to acknowledge you and you're going to acknowledge me. Come over to 1 Corinthians 15, where we just were last week. 1 Corinthians 15. So, Paul does have and does say that we're able to acknowledge one another and see each other and to understand that, hey, that's who that is. There sits, you know, Ray and Rebecca and Susie and Bruce and Brian and Mark and Michelle and everybody in the shoops. And I mean, I'm just trying, everybody's name's going through my head. The directory is running through my mind. There they are. But it's also to then be able to look over and say, hey, there's Bill, Henry, Sue, and all these people that we don't know and have fellowship with here. But what are we? We're together. And we reunite. And then we're able to say over there and say, look, there's great-grandpa. And there's great-grandma. And there's aunt and uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters. Wow, there they are. You will know them not so much and remember all the family stuff here, but you will know who they are. 1 Corinthians 15, starting verse 3 here, Paul writes, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen of. After the resurrection, he is seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, that's his half-brother, and then of all the apostles, and last, of, but, and, and last of all, he was seen of me as of one born out of due time. After the resurrection, all these people see the Lord, and you know what they do? They recognize him. They say, there he is. Now, they're not resurrected. He was, and he stands there in that glorious body that we talked about last week. But they're able to recognize him. Come back with me to John chapter 20. It's a very fascinating thing here that there's an issue of recognizing and being able, we looked at this last week, John 20, that issue here after the resurrection, verse 11, Mary stood, uh, John 20, 11, stood without the sepulcher weeping, okay, down in verse 
15, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener, doesn't recognize him at that moment. Then when she hears his voice, one word, he said unto her, Mary. Notice there's a period after Mary. He didn't say, hey, Mary, it's me, remember? <laughs> no, he just said Mary. We're going to hear a shout. We're going to hear a voice. We're going to hear a trump. Our inner man is going to be reacting to the word of God. As he says, come on home, let's go. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those which are alive and remain are going to be changed. Corruptible puts on incorruption. Mortal puts on immortality. We're instantly in our new body and we're caught up. And there's that great reunion. Verse 19 here of chapter 20. The same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors would shut, were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. He stops there. They saw him in his glorified body, but they were able to recognize him to be the Lord. That's my point. Come back to Luke 24. Luke 24. You see, folks, when you think about resurrection, it isn't going to be that your mind gets wiped clean of every, you know, <laughs> uh, factory reset. Okay. You're not going to remember the old. You're not going to remember the sinful stuff. You're not going to remember the, the bad deeds that you had. You know, we were, I was talking with some folks yesterday, the, uh, Friday when I was doing my delivery, and we got to telling stories about when we grew up, and he was just as a bad little boy as I was. You know, PK kids are the worst, I tell you. Preacher kids are bad. You know, and we got to talking about the good old days, you know, when, when we... I shouldn't say this because of the internet, but we did some things back in the day that you go, you couldn't do today. You'd have been thrown, you'd get, you'd get in trouble big time. Plus, we didn't have Facebook to rat you out, you know. <laughs> we just had to keep Billy's mouth shut for, which we just give him a candy bar and he'd be quiet. But, you know, anyway, you got Luke 24, right? We'll get back in here and get out of the hot seat. Verse 15, Luke 24, 15. And it came to pass that while they communed, together and reasoned Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were holden that they should not know him holding back being able hold not able to recognize him if you look down at verse 31 and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight by the way, these are those gentlemen, the, the, uh, the two guys on the road here. These guys are believers. They look at Jesus and they say, verse 21, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since they, these things were done. <laughs> they, they were like, man, we wish you were the, you know, who you, the Lord. These guys were part of the little flock. They were part of that believing remnant. They should have been able to recognize him but it was held back, and then he was revealed. Come back to Luke 13. Luke 13. You see, my point is, is you're going to be able to recognize each other. You're going to be able to look over and say, hey, there is brother so-and-so, there is sister so-and-so. Now, you're not gonna, again, you're not going to, we'll see the verses here in a little bit about remembering all the bad. 
You won't remember that. Why? I got a new body, and in the meeting in the air, the judgment seat of Christ over here, I'm going to have my inner man cleaned up, so I'm not going to remember the sinful stuff because sin's been dealt with. See? So, you know, oh, I'm going to remember, I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to stand there and wish I had said this to somebody. You're not even going to remember that because you're going to be in your new body. Judgment seat of Christ is going to take care of that. Calvary over here, when you got saved, took care of your sin problem. So this has nothing to do with sin. It has to do with that inner man. The inner man, we'll see that. And when that happens, you're just going to, it's glory. All right, Luke 13. I'm trying to go a little slower. I got my sign, slow down. <laughs> Luke 13. Look at verse 28. Luke 13, 28. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets where in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Now, what's happening here? The Lord is talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, okay? He's looking at them. They have rejected him. They're, they're, they're dogging him. They're, they're trying to figure out how to kill him. They're, they're opposing him. He hasn't said it to them yet, but he's going to say, I'm taking the kingdom from you and giving it to the little flock, a nation. But notice what he says in verse 28. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye... That's that apostate nation, the unbelieving Israel, shall see who? Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets. Now, do any of these guys in the moment, in A.D. 33, know who Abra what Abraham looked like? The answer is no. They don't know what Isaiah... Or, um, uh, Isaac or Jacob or the prophets look like. They've been reading about them. They know about them. They're their they're patriarchs. But they don't know what they... But notice how that verse says it. When ye shall, what? See them. You see, in that kingdom over here, they're going to be able to see... Get the right one. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets... And you know what they're going to do? They're going to recognize them. Now, what's going to happen, just so we get the doctrinal point here, is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ happens. There's 75 days between that event and the kingdom being inaugurated. We, we understand that. We elect the president in November. He doesn't go into office until January, right? So we call that a transition period. In this 75 days of transition period, and you get this out of the book of Daniel, by the way, you have the resurrection of the Old Testament saints into the kingdom. Who, and then we're going to go into a thousand years of introduction to the kingdom, Satan's bound and so forth, but the little flock has come through here as well as apostate Israel. That's what the A is, apostate. He says, you guys, apostate Israel, you guys are going to see the little flock go into the kingdom. You're going to see the resurrection of the Old Testament saints into the kingdom. By the way, you're going to see the Gentiles out here 
who have blessed that little flock, you're going to see them go into the kingdom. And there's going to be gnashing and weeping and wailing. Why are they going in and not us? But you're going to see those guys. They're going to be able to re recognize them. Come on, hold on to Luke. Well, let Luke go. Uh, Psalms. Well, you know what? Do Matthew. Let's do Matthew 17. Matthew 17. You see, folks, when you th start thinking about eternity, Paul says, Matthew 17, Paul says, in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. You're not talking about sitting over here on a desert, dusty floor and then waking up on the beaches of Hawaii and going unfamiliar. It's going to be familiar. You're going to know. These guys in the kingdom out here are going to see and they're going to know. They're going to be able to recognize these guys. Look at Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration here, verse 1. And, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up to a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And, was, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, Elijah talking with him. All right, so they go up, they're, they're, they're tra he's been transfigured, so they have moved to kingdom glory. The end of verse chapter 16 there about there's some of you that aren't going to die, you're going to see the kingdom glory. Peter, James, and John were in that group. They saw kingdom glory transfigured before they died. How do you know that? Well, go, you go read the account in 1 Peter 1 where Peter says, I'm an eyewitness of his majesty. Where did he see that? Right here. Okay, you with me? All right. Verse 4. Then answered Peter and said, Lord, who are these guys? He didn't say that, did he? He said unto Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If thou wilt, let us make thee here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, Elijah. You know what Peter, James, and John can do? transfigured over here, moved into this day, they recognized Moses and Elijah. No guessing, no going, who are you? Could, can you just sign my paper? Just want to make sure. You got, got your papers? Where's your passport? They recognized who they were. Come back to Psalms 99. Psalms chapter 99. Psalms 99. You see, folks, this stuff about life after death eternity, glory, we're going to be together, we are seeing everybody, we are reunited. There's neither male nor female, bond nor free, Greek or bar you know, barbarian, Scythian, all that, those lists that Paul comes in and says, no, we are all one in Christ. We're going to be able to sit there and go, hey, I heard about you. But I heard about you from the pages of the Word of God. I think about Habakkuk and Obadiah. They're going to walk by and say, hey, did you read my book? Because they're like one chapter, a couple you know. Who are you? <laughs> hey, did you read my book? It's, you know, oh, good old Obadiah, you know. Jude. Hey, did you read my book? You wrote a book? <laughs> I don't know. Come on now, a little funny there. All right, Psalms 99. Psalms 99, look at verse 1. The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubs, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion... And he is high above all the people. 
Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou doest, dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Where do you think we are when that is being said? In the kingdom. Okay? Not the thousand years, in the kingdom. Now watch verse number 6. Moses. Who's there? Moses. Aaron. And Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. Notice who else is there. Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, those Old Testament saints that are resurrected up there. He says, man, when we get into the kingdom glory over there, you guys come back to Luke 16 on your way back to 1 Thessalonians. Well, Luke 16. He says, man, we're going to have a ball because guess what? All the boys are going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Luke 16. You know, so the f wonderful thing about this is just as it is for them, it's going to be the same thing for you and I. We're going to be able to sit back and say, hey, we're all together. We're caught up together. We're caught up. Luke 16, verse 22, you have the rich man and Lazarus. And this is a great story. It's not a story, a great thing here where the Lord reaches down and pulls back the, the, the crust of the earth and gives you a view, look down into hell. And hell in Israel's program has two compartments, the torment side and Abraham's bosom. Verse 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died, Lazarus died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. <laughs> I love that. Rich guy, gonna have, he's got the big mausoleum up on the hill. He just buried. But the beggar, Lazarus, the believer, he's carried by the angels. And the Abraham, it's just, just so soft. And in hell, he, the rich man, lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth who? Now, how does this guy know what Abraham looks like? And Lazarus in his, far off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy. You see, this guy looks across the gulf. You go read down there, there's a great gulf between them. He looks across there and he says, Father Abraham, send, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. So he recognizes Abraham. He, and now instead of the beggar, he calls him by his name, Lazarus. See, up until this point, he's been the beggar. He's just the beggar. Now it's Lazarus. But watch what he does, verse 24, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. You see the physical components of the attributes of life after death? There's a finger. There's a tongue. He's able to see. He's able to speak. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus the evil things. Do you know what that unsaved guy burning in hell is going to remember? Just that right there. People today that die and go to hell, they're not down there partying and having a good time. They're remembering the light they rejected. 
That's what they're remembering. They're remembering the time. And boy, what a uh, guilty conscience they're going to have all their day. Because hell, eternal damnation, is the judgment is being removed from the presence of God. Could you imagine every time someone, you gave somebody the gospel and they've rejected them, then they go out and, get, and die, what are they going to be remembering? What does Abraham tell Lazarus? I mean, tells the rich man. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides this, there's a gulf, right? Verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father. Resurrect him, send him back up there. To my father's house, I have five brethren that he may testify unto them that these that uh, lest they also come into this place of torment. Look, look at what he says. He says, "Listen, resurrect Lazarus. Send him back up there. They will listen to a man resurrected." They didn't. The Lord was resurrected, and they denied him. I love Abraham's answer. Abraham said unto him. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went up unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know what Abraham's saying? They got the word of God. They need to listen to the word of God. My point, come on over to Revelation 21. The point in all that, not get bogged down in all the doctrine there, is that when you and I are caught up together, we're going to recognize everything. We're going to see, we're going to have a reunion party like nothing. <laughs> you know, we, we get able to get back together after the, the, the corona is gone. I call it the corona. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, when the, when the virus is gone, the COVID-19, the Wuhan, the whatever you call it is gone, we're going to have a get-back-together and a fellowship meal and stuff. That will just be nothing compared to what this is going to be. There's something in the resurrection condition when we have our new bodies that's going to remove that corruption. And so beyond death, people are going to know each other. Revelation 21, we're out here in the new heaven and the new earth, verse 1, verse 4, and God shall wipe all, away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Isn't that fascinating? In the new heaven and the new earth, the former things are what? They're gone. Why? Because sin and death, the la sin was dealt with at Calvary. But death is that last enemy. Remember we looked at 1 Corinthians 15. All that's been done, death, death where's thy sting grave? Where's thy victory? It's all been taken care of. Verse 9. Well, all the former things are gone. Just for, they've all passed away. Uh, come back to Isaiah 65. Give you an Old Testament reference on this, where this comes out of. Isaiah 65. And we, we just, for time, move on. You, you take some time and think about that. 
Isaiah 65, verse 16. Isaiah 65, 16. That he, he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in, God of, in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. And that's the issue. Come back with me over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So we're going to, the Lord himself shall descend with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. So we're, we're moving on up, you know, the Jeffersons, moving on up. And we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we're going to have the clouds and we're going to have a meeting. When he says in the clouds, we're going to meet together, caught up together with them in the clouds. There, there's several different ways of looking at this issue about the clouds. And I'll be honest with you, I have, studying it out over, I've come to my own conclusions about some of it, and I'm going to give you what I've come up with. You, you settle it in your own mind, just know that we're going to meet him in the clouds, okay? Because you have a passage like Hebrews 12. Look at Hebrews 12 and verse number 1. Because some, some will say these are the angels. Well, who's in the heavenly, who's up here? Well, we're going to have the voice of the archangel, Michael, he's the, the, the top general of the chief of staffs of the armies of the Lord, so he could be there. We're going to be down in the second heaven, so who's in control of the second heaven still? Satan and the adversary. We haven't had the war in heaven yet, so we've got, there's an armed escort, if you will. By the way, the Lord doesn't need an armed escort, but because there's some things going on that the armies are there. So could the clouds be... Angels, sure, they could be the armies of God. Wonderful. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. A great verse. Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, the cloud of witnesses is, is the guys in Hebrews 11. The hall of fame in Hebrew 11. So the cloud of witnesses, it could be a, the group of people. Hey, we're going to be up there together. There's going to be all these people. So they're used as that word clouds. But there's some more to it, I think. When Paul, on the road to Damascus in Acts 9, and when we look back at that, there was the, the noonday sun was what? Kind of blotted out, hidden. Come back with me to 2 Samuel 22. 2 Samuel 22. Just, just notice some things here. Just, again, whether you say, yes, I agree, or no, you, I don't agree, that's your problem. Okay? Um, you can be wrong if you want to be wrong. That's okay. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you think about clouds and meetings, when you get into the Word of God, 2 Samuel 22, there's some things that are going on. They're, the shout, the voice, and the trumpet are noisemakers, just like we saw with, with, with uh, Paul on the road to Damascus, and they heard the voice, and they knew some, the rumblings, and they knew something was going on. They didn't hear what was being said, 
Only Paul did. But they, the men with him knew something was up. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 8. This is Psalms 18. Is David here. David begins verse 1, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, In the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. So that's the timing, okay? That's what's going on. David is, so this is prophetically, again, by the way, it matches Psalms 18, which is about the second coming. So prophetically, we're looking at way out into the future here, okay? But notice what David says, verse 8. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. Talking about the Lord there, verse 7, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did he enter into his ear. Then the earth trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he, the Lord God, was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the he, he, he bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness, notice, was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Notice when, when David is singing a song about being delivered, how he describes the Lord delivering him. Come over, hold on to here, uh, come over to Psalms 18. And, and what happens is, is when, he, when David looks up there and sees that, there are, when the Lord comes back, what's holding back the earth from seeing him? Thick clouds, and he calls them pavilions, dark clouds. And we understand that when the monsoons roll in here and the clouds are really dark and they've blotted out the sky, the sun. I can remember the first time ever flying in an airplane and leaving in rain and getting up above the clouds and it's just sunlight. And you see the white puffy side and you left the dark side. What's it doing? What's holding back the activity? Psalms 18, verse number 11. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark waters and thick clouds of the sky at the brightness that was before him. His thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. Talking about the second coming, him coming back, and these clouds, where a man were to put this, the, these clouds, could they be angels? Sure. Could they be you and I? Sure. But I'm going to tell you something. I think some, it's something else. It's what the Lord calls a pavilion that has the shout and the voice and the trumpet, the noisemakers, but it's holding back the visible issue of the glory of God given to the body of Christ. So that earth down here and man down here on the earth can't see it. Don't know what's going on. They know there's rumblings. They know there's a turmoil. Come over to Psalms 27. 
They understand, they see, they, man, that shout, that voice in the trumpet, they, th those things are going to rattle the earth. Now, CNN, Fox, all those guys are going to say the UFOs got them. They're going to make up a story. They're going to spin the conspiracy theories because man has been conditioned to know and to understand that anything coming out of the sky is bad news. Just watch the latest movies. You see it. I mean, it's been Star Wars. You know, just take it. It's, you know, all that mess. Psalms 27. Did I tell you that? Psalms 27. Look at verse 5. Again, the Psalm of David, second coming passage, says, one, verse 5, well, verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When the Lord comes back, there's a beauty, there's glory, verse 5, for in the time of trouble, Jacob's trouble, the tribulation out here, the second coming, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. When you and I are caught up and we meet in the clouds, it's a pavilion. Its design is to hide what's going on in that meeting, in that reunion, in that meeting in the air. Where we're going to see in, uh, next time about the judgment seat of Christ. He, its design is to hold that off from the world. Because the shout has said, we're done. Michael says, well, if we're done, it's time to get rolling again, isn't it? Now, before the, the re revelation of the Antichrist, there's some time in here. Nobody seems to know when it is. It's hard to figure out. But I'll be honest with you. After seeing what's happened here in 2020, some people say 40 years because of wandering in the wilderness. Some people say one year because of acts, the Axie timeline because when... When we're gone and we come back, the Lord comes back with Israel, it's going to pick up in Acts 7 where they stone Stephen. That's where it picks up because that's where the interruption happened. But I tell you what, you look at what's going on in our country today, in the world today, and how quickly people are duped by a politician. Because that's, that's what the Antichrist is in that first half of the week. He's a politician. And they are duped. So I don't think that time's a very long time. Now, there's some stuff in Daniel 10 and 11 and 12 and 10 and 11 that have to happen that are going to take some time, but he's going to come to power, I think, in a relative. But that 70th week doesn't start till he signs the agreement with Israel to be, their, to be their protector. And when that happens, then the, 70, the seven years start. But there's some time there. And you know what? Come over to chapter 97. When, that Lord, when, the, when the Lord comes back, and he's coming back, you know, and David says, man, when he's delivered, he's holding it back, he's hiding it so that the earth, for you and I, talk about us, so that they don't look up there and go, oh, man, look at that. Rather, they go look up there and go, uh-oh, something's up. Because humanity has rejected God. They've left him. And the only people left at the, on the day of the rapture, the only people left on, on planet earth are lost people, unbelievers. The Lord then, because of the voice of the archangel 
and the, stop, the setting aside of the dispensation of grace will then reach in and bring out that 144,000 who are then going to be, Revelation 7, protected before he hurts the earth. They're, they fall in this time period in ministry. See? And they're in that Middle East area, and what are they gathering back? That little flock. So when you think about Acts, now we're on a side road, okay, if, if you can tell. You think about the book of Acts, Acts 1 to 7, the 144 are going to match the 12 apostles. So if you want to know what the 144,000 are going to be able to do, go look at the, what the apostles did, Peter, James, and John specifically. And what did they call out? That little flock. What are they doing? They're just going to be doing the same thing. Then, you get, then you're going to get into the rest of it, and that'll be for another. What, Psalms 97, did we do that one? Not yet. Psalms 97, verse 1, The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Now watch. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. The clouds and the darkness are around what? His throne. His glory. Who he is. What he's about. There, there's a dark around it. There's this pavilion blocking it off. And for you and I, it's going to be very much the same thing. Come over with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. You see, folks, he holds back that, 1 Timothy 6. He blacks out the sun. He, he, dark, he, he pulls back 1 Timothy 6, verse 16, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who no man hath seen, now watch, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting, amen. When you and I are, when we are caught up together and we meet the Lord in the clouds, we are... We are about now to be glorified and given a glory that no man can see. So those clouds are going to be that pavilion that's going to rope off, hide back. I think about, you go to, to the farmer's market and you see the little tent set up and they... And you can't see what's going on unless you come where? Right up to the front of it? Because they got the three walls up? Think, I mean, that's kind of how I think about this. The only way in is being there with him. The pavilions round about him. By the way, it's a temporary thing. You know? You go to farmer's market, they're there one minute and gone the next. It's a temporary building. Uh, come back there to 2 Samuel 22. I don't know, just something to think about. 2 Samuel 22, verse number 12 again. He made darkness, he, and he made darkness, darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. A pavilion round about him. 
think about the typology and the picture, a temporary building erected for the very use here of what is happening and going on. He's gonna, he builds a temporary dwelling place that's going to hold his glory from those who are not allowed to see it, can't see it, but then to put on display for those that are to see it. Come back over to 1 Kings. Come over to 1 Kings chapter 8. This idea, I, again, you can agree, disagree, whatever. I don't, I'll be honest with you, I really don't care. But <laughs> you have to understand that when he talks about we're going to meet together, meet them in the clouds, the rest of, while we're recognizing everyone in the room, seeing everybody, the rest of the world has no clue of what's going on. It's hidden from them. Like the dark clouds hide the sun on those rain-driven days. 1 Kings chapter 8, I believe it is. 1 Kings 8, notice verse 10. We're talking about Solomon and the glory that's going to fill the, Solomon's house. Verse 10, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. The cloud, the Shekinah glory, was in that cloud. And when it came, you know what? The priest couldn't even, they, to the glory, that no, to the light that no one can approach and see. Verse 12, then spake Solomon, the Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Isn't that interesting? When Solomon looks to see and he sees the cloud, his description is what? Thick darkness. Now what's in the cloud? His glory, the Shekinah glory, the glory. But on the outside looking up, what is it? just like a dark cloud, a thick cloud. Come back to Exodus 19. This issue about a cloud, I, I, I tell you folks, Paul is using terminology and stuff. Paul's a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He's right where he, it's right up his alley to use descriptions about what's going on for you and I because the same thing that he's doing for the nation of Israel, he's doing it for the body of Christ just in our program. The programs are different. The execution of the events are different, but the, the items that are in there are the same. Okay? And you can do that with almost any issue. You think about justification. It's always by faith. Anyway, Exodus 19. Get you over there. Exodus 19, 9. Exodus 19, verse number 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud. That the people, now watch, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. How does he come? In a thick cloud. Verse 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Woo! What do they see? 
they see a thick cloud. They hear a trumpet blowing. They hear rumblings happening. And you know what? They're scared to death. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the neither part of the mouth. They said, you go over there. We're gonna be, we, we got your back. <laughs> Chapter 20, verse 20. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces, that ye send not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. Well, time's a rolling, and it's up. 1 Thessalonians 4. Go back there quickly. So we're caught up together. We have a great reunion. The body of Christ for the first time in history is together. And we're caught up together in the clouds, in this great pavilion that accompanies the presence of the Lord, where we're going to meet with the Lord. We're, and, and in this cloud, in the, midst, in, in the midst of it, that is where He is. As He begins to, to rope off and to, to cordon off His glory and the activity that He's going to have and to do with you and I. Because the rest of humanity cannot see this cannot approach it we're caught up we're in our glorified body we're able to function now we're in the second heaven don't get me wrong we're just not out here in the in the little cosmos we're up in the heaven that's how big this is going to be you know we think about a rain cloud locally we look at radar where's it at no this is going to be cosmic okay they're going to think the stars are falling they're going to they're not going to know what to think and we're caught up. We're caught up in our glorified body, in our new body, which is fashioned like what his what body? Glorious body. We're in that glory state is where we're at. And then it says we meet the Lord in the air. Meet. A planned, preordained, before the foundation of the world, prearranged. Appointment on the calendar. We're going to meet him in the air. Again, second heaven in the, out, in, the, in, the, in the universe out there. This meeting has been already planned. It's been already said to be underway. And it's going to be the day, the meeting of what, we, what Paul calls, come back to 1 Corinthians 4. The judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to have to stop here and we're going to look at, pick up here and look at this because the issue of the judgment seat of Christ and the doctrine pertaining to the judgment seat of Christ is probably one of the most critical doctrines and understanding that you and I need to have today in time. 1 Corinthians 4 verse number 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. There's a judgment day coming. Now, we'll talk about this next time. God judged Christ here 
for our sin. So this meeting, the judgment seat of Christ, come over to, you're in 1 Corinthians, come back to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Just, I just catch these and then we'll pick up in all this next time. 2 Corinthians 5. Notice, if you will, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So this judgment seat isn't a judgment of sin. That everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Notice it's done in his, in his body, not by his body, not with his body, not to his body, but in his body. What's in you? Your inner man. This is what's going to clean up 1 Corinthians 3, the gold, silver, and precious stone, and the wood, hay, and stubble stuff. And we'll talk about all that next time, okay? I've given you a lot to think about this morning. I know you have. I have, okay? Just know the events. We're going to get caught up together. We're going up. We're caught, snatched up, you know? Dad always said he's going to have to jerk some of you twice to get you out of the earth. But I think once will do it, okay? We're caught up. We're reunited. The body of Christ together as a whole unit. We're going to be in the clouds. We're going to have a, there's going to be a, a, a pavilion roped off on the cosmic level out there in the, in the, in the universe. I, I, don't know if you think, I don't know if you think the body of Christ is just a couple million people. I think it's billions because of the time, Okay? So you think about how to get all them people together. <laughs> He's got to have a little room. We can't do it here on the earth. So what does he, he moves it out into the air, the second heaven. That firmament that was closed to the earthy man, but now is open to the heavenly man, you and I, the body of Christ. He's given us, he's given us his glorious body, a body equipped to be able to work and to function out there in the second heaven. And we're going to have a meeting, preordained, preplanned, prefixed in God's calendar of when it's going to happen. The dead will go first. The alive will be second. The trigger is a bunch of noisemakers that your inner man will understand and know and do and go. And God will, you know those passages that the Lord knows his? Well, he knows you, and he'll get you, and he's going to snatch you, and up you're going to go, Okay? I realize I've given you a lot to think about. Think about it. Consider it down. It's, it's wonderful stuff. But you just got to understand there's a lot more going on than just a bunch of angels sitting around on a, on a cloud plucking a harp. Okay? We're in enemy territory, by the way. That's why the archangel and those guys are there. They're going to go over. There's going to be a war, and we'll talk about all that in the future. Okay? All right. Whew. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the instructions here, for the details, for, the, for your word to give us the ability to get a glimmer of what it's going to look like and be like and function like so that when that day of our gathering together happens, we would not be surprised, but rather we would be rejoicing. That we would rather not be, hang on a minute, but rather we're going, let's go faster. And we'll just give you the honor and the glory and the praise for all of that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We'll see you Wednesday night.